Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you to his majesty he can save you from the might of all your sin this is the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come Amen Sheltered from the coming storm While you have breath 
choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Has your life been cut off? Has your life been cut off from this life? You understand, there are two lives. One is the physical life that we dwell in with all the accompanying sin that crowds into our hearts and our lives. And the other is a spiritual life, just as real. There is, in the Beatitudes, I am still laboring under a great deal of pain without my being able to use my right leg from the fall I took down the stairs. And I have to say to you, it's been very helpful to me to have had to deal with that pain. Pain is a wonderful teacher. Rebuke from God is a wonderful gift. In Matthew, the seventh chapter, Verse 7, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. Him who knocks, the door will be opened. And so now I'm very much facing that question. And that question was the one that started me in the school of the Holy Spirit now more than 30 years ago. And the question was, is God real? Does God answer prayer? Oh, I don't mean, now lay me down to sleep kind of prayers. No, I mean serious crisis, painful, dying, does he answer prayer? And I've heard all the cute answers. 
Sometimes God says, no. Sometimes he says, wait. Sometimes he says, yes. That's not very helpful if you want to get real with God. The purpose of Pilgrim's Progress is to get very real with God and to walk in him, to be cut off from this this life that we have here. So is God real? The first thing we need to know about God, is he real? Part of how we discover that God is real, we experience him working in our hearts, turning us toward him. But it's also very much involved with asking, seeking, knocking. I'm facing that now. Will God, in fact, heal me? Yes. Because I know God is real. And I know who God is. And I know what he's done in the past. And I know now what he'll do soon in my physical life. But much more important, I'm seeking now in every respect that I should be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the kind of filling that brings revival, kind of of moving of God with the sick and the dying. I need a God who is real. I don't want an idea about Jesus. I want Jesus. Now, if if I'm going to have that, let me say this to you. Maybe very troubling to your heart. If you have not yet been cut off from this life, you cannot enter into Jesus Christ. Now, usually people in our culture and in the apostate American church, we expect to live our life as we choose. It's our life, after all, to go where we want to go, to think what we want to think. But that's not life in Christ. I was praying this morning about money. I said, Lord, I absolutely give up all ownership of all money. That money in my life will be nothing more than me as a channel to give as God directs, not as I choose. I know people who don't tithe. 
They say, I'm just, all the money belongs to me, and I'll give what I want to give. I'll give people what I want to give them. I'll give the homeless what I want to give them. I'll give as I choose to give. Well, that's not going to take you very far down the road with Jesus. It's no longer your money. A man recently said to me, Pastor, I have a home that's paid for. I have silver. I have a reserve. I can do what I want to do. Oh, not if you're going to go very far with Jesus. It all belongs to him. I have been cut off from this life. It's all Jesus now. Now, part of what happens is that I'll pray, and I've I've learned this the hard way. When I entered into this school of Christian living, I prayed, I pleaded with God for a year before he finally answered my prayer. It was something I desperately needed and desperately wanted. So I prayed in the way the Lord has instructed, go into your closet, close the door, and pray in secret, and what you have prayed in secret will be answered by the Father. Okay? What it doesn't say is how long you will pray before that prayer is answered by God. I discovered the hard way that God usually doesn't answer prayers very quickly. It may take a month, two months. He may take a year. He may take longer. But if I grow impatient and I get angry, then it shows very clearly where my heart is. And it shows what God is going to have to deal with in my heart before he can answer my prayer. You see, when you're cut off from this life, everything now belongs to Jesus. Your car, your house, your money. You don't have any of these things anymore. They all belong to the Lord. Even your wife. They belong to the Lord. So, You don't try to control them. You don't try to force them. But you live unto Jesus, and you let things lay where they will. You don't try to change another person, except by means of prayer and love but you're required to go forward in the power of the Spirit and do what God calls you to do. Now, please pardon. I've got workmen outside, and they're doing the grass. I have no in-charge authority over who, how they do it and when they do it, but it's going to be loud. 
Now let's come back. I belong to God. I don't boss God. I don't tell him what he has to do or when he has to do it. And I recognize that when I am cut off from this life, the only life I now have is life in Jesus Christ. Everything in that life is about other people, other needs. It's not a place where I struggle for my own life. It's not a place where I use others to satisfy my desires. It's not a place where I am the consumer. It's a place where I allow the Holy Spirit to flow through my life. It's a place where Jesus is in charge, not me. Now, he speaks about this, saying, Seek and knock, and you will receive. The door will be open. And then he says, Which of you, if this son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. But this sums up the law and the prophet. I hope to be very clear. We have become experts at mixing together the worldly life and the life we learn in Jesus, the principles we learn in Jesus. The problem is you cannot be, as I said a moment ago, in Jesus and in the world. And as long as you believe that Jesus is not really real, you will be afraid to step out and say, Jesus is real. And instead you're going to say, look, I've got to take care of me. If I don't take care of me, who's going to take care of me? I know what I want in a car. I know what I want in a house. I know what I want in a wife. I know what I want. I know what I want. I know what I want. And I demand I have it. That cuts you off from the life in the Spirit. There has to be a coming to Jesus and a laying down of your life, of giving up, of denying yourself, taking up your cross. What do you take up a cross for? Where are you headed when you take up the cross? Golgotha. That's where we have to stay. 
That's where we have to live. In that place of taking up our cross, of denying ourselves, and of following Jesus. He says next, this is Matthew 7. Enter through the narrow gate. That is, enter through the narrow gate where you suffer affliction. What is the affliction you suffer? Having this life cut off from you. It has to be cut off. You have to choose. Enter through the narrow gate. What are you entering into? You're entering into life in Jesus Christ. Now, can I be very practical with you? I've talked about this before, but I became very addicted to my cell phone. I wanted to check it five, six, ten times a day. Check the news. Check the weather. I wanted to know where are we at with the broadcast? Where are we at with the donations that carry Jesus prompts precious men and women to give that we could stay on the air? Was it my responsibility to keep us on the air? No. I didn't send me here. I can't keep me here. I was considering all of that last week. A dear sister, Beth, my highly respect, servant of Jesus, sent a large sum of money. The rest of the week there was silence, except for One man, very faithfully, every week, sends two offerings. Offerings are for Jesus. And after that week, being so silent, Holy Spirit said to me, Did you bring in anything? No, I didn't. I can't not my job, then don't worry about it. Let me take care of it. I said I would carry you. Thank you, you're carrying me. And I feel like with my broken leg, he's hung me around his neck, and he's carrying me like a, like a lamb. I want you to hear this. And don't be offended. Jesus said to me on Thursday, early in the morning, put your cell phone away and don't turn it on. And then Friday morning, early, he said, now don't go in the studio Friday Saturday, Sunday, you can go back in as you prepare for today's broadcast. Wait a minute. Here's the Holy Spirit 
giving very specific direction. Don't touch the cell phone. Don't go in the studio and go on the internet. And other instructions he gives to me as I obey, Spirit comes. I walk clean before God. What if you allowed the Holy Spirit to cut off your cell phone? Except maybe for special calls or messages. But no entertainment. No YouTube videos. No entertainment of the world. Flesh or the devil. Are you addicted to your cell phone like I was? Are you addicted to to movies? Are you addicted to anger, bitterness? Are you addicted to gossip, undercutting? Are you addicted? All addictions have connected with them demonic spirits. Are you addicted to alcohol, drugs? Or have you been cut off from this life and you now live your life in Jesus Christ? He says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. See, the broad road says, I can do whatever I want to do. I'm in charge of my life. If you have wisdom, you know that is the broad way. And it does not lead to life does not lead to Jesus Christ. Please, I want you to hear me. Everything about the gospel of Jesus Christ requires an action on your part. It requires that you do something. Now, am I saved by works? No, I am not. I am saved by faith. That faith is from God, and that faith works in me, producing in me what God wants to produce in me, which is righteousness and innocence. God wants for me to be dependent upon him. So what's this action? Well, God says to me, put your cell phone away. Stop going to the internet. Those are concrete actions. And now I have to decide in cold blood, will I or will I not take the action that God is calling me to take? Because with that action will come blessing. Now, he'll give me the power to do what he's told me to do. And I'm not saved by what I do, but I am lost by rejecting and disobeying 
the Lord God of heaven. I want to disobey Jesus. If you want to walk in Jesus, you're probably going to have to turn off your sentimental, false Christian music. And almost all of it today is utterly false. It's just worldly music repackaged for Christian consumption. You're going to have to listen to the Holy Spirit as he says to you, stop shouting at your wife or your husband. Stop shouting and screaming. There needs to be peace in your home. It takes two to fight. Stop bossing and judging and criticizing. Stop. Well, what happens if you do? The Holy Spirit comes. What happens if you don't? The devil's angels or demons have a heyday in your life. What happens if you're sexually unclean? A man said to me recently, Pastor, I'm sorry, I just, I can't help myself. I am driven by the need of my sex life. Sin against God. How can I be saved? By recognizing where your sex life came from. It came from Jesus. He made you who you are. Now give it back to him. Give up ownership of it. Stop trying to please anyone but Jesus. So you enter through suffering gate and you walk not in the broad road that leads to destruction, but you enter in the small gate and the narrow road that leads to life. Only a few find it. I recognize that many of you will call yourselves Christians, and you are trying to be a Christian, but you've still not yet cut off this life. You've still not yet said, look, I can't keep going back and repenting time after time. I finally come to a place where I have to say, Lord, I want you. Do you want Jesus? Do you give yourself utterly without any withholding of yourself to Jesus Christ. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. So the devil is going to come to you with every comfort of life in this life to keep you from cutting the anchor and letting God begin to take you where he wants to take you. I know some of you who are listening now are terrified by what I just said. What if you 
cut off this life and surrender your future and your now and your past all into the hands of Jesus Christ. You don't try to control. You need a new car, okay? You begin to pray and cry out to God and say, Lord, my car has died. Now what do I do? How do you want me to handle this? I will do whatever you tell me to do. And I will only do what you tell me to do. Well, what if God doesn't talk to you? Then I won't have a car. I'll wait on God. This brokenness in my body. What should I do? What? How do I deal with this? Everybody in the world says, go to the doctor, dummy. But I cut myself off by the power of the blood of Jesus from this life. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying how I'm operating. I'm waiting on God to tell me. And if God tells me that I'm to go to the doctor, I will go to the doctor. He's not told me to go. So I've not gone. I have a commitment with Jesus that I will only go where he tells me to go. I will only say what he tells me to say. I will only do what he tells me to do. My life is cut off from this life. My reality is now in the spirit of Jesus Christ. My life is now found in Christ, crucified with Christ. See, I'm not talking religious philosophy. Please understand, I'm talking about the reality of life, of how I'm to function, where I'm to go, what I'm to do. Watch out for false prophets or false pastors. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. I've had two friends in particular who seem very religious, and to listen to them talk, they are utterly given to Jesus. Then why does my spirit not trust them? What is my spirit saying when it says, be careful, hold back? I'm not saying that they are dogs, but it says in verse 6, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. not calling them dogs or pigs. But I'm talking about a principle here. In my spirit, I don't trust them. Why? Because I observe in their life a high level of self. I observe in their life that they're concerned about money. 
and they're spending their lives going after their dream and their money, all the while talking very religiously. No, I want to see the actions accompanying the profession of faith in Jesus Christ. I said Sunday to the National Prayer Chapel, I pray God will forgive some of you because you come week after week with an empty hand and yet every week you're eating, every week you're driving a car, every week you're you're provided for, but you don't give one penny for the provision of Jesus Christ or the work of the gospel. Was that possible? I'm a Christian. Really? Not when you just give as you want to give, when you want to give, and most of the time you don't want to give. Because you need that new jacket. You need that new whatever. Why would you give? The church is fine. The bill is covered at the radio. So why would I give? Well, you give because Jesus calls you to give. Now, please understand. False teachers will come and they'll say to you, you don't need to give. You can do whatever you want. No, you can't. Some of you don't hear from God, and you've asked me, why does God not talk to me like he talks to you? And my standard answer is because you're so far away from him. He's talking, but you're not hearing. Or you're insulting his spirit by what you choose to do and what you choose to say and where you choose to go, and your heart is still with this world. You have not yet been cut off from this life. They come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. What is the fruit of your life? Is it love, joy, peace, long-suffering? Is that the fruit of your life? Not everyone. Verse 21, he says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them, 
apart from me. I don't know you, you evildoer. So today, my question to you is, have you been cut off from this life? Has the Holy Spirit spoken to you about what he wants you to do and be? And you've tried, and you couldn't do it. You couldn't stop fornicating, or you couldn't stop masturbating, or you you couldn't stop your anger and bitterness and, and destructive behavior. You couldn't stop being so full of yourself. Well, how does all of that change? Not by resolution. It changes as you utterly deny yourself and say, no, I belong to Jesus Christ. I am a servant of the Most High God. I'm not going to walk in my own way. I'm not going to go after what I want. I come back to this car issue. I haven't bought a car. Wow. Many, many, many years. I'm talking 20-some, 25 years. Well, what happened? Well, when my car dies, I pray, and I say, Lord, you know I need transportation. Could you please answer my plea? Could you bring me the car I need? Well, sometimes it's meant that I've had to walk to the grocery store in the middle of the winter for a week or two weeks, or a month. God doesn't answer right away. He wants to know what's in my heart. He wants to know what my attitude is. He wants to know, are you coming to me with a demanding spirit? Are you coming to me because you want to be comfortable? Are you coming to me because the work of the gospel is being held back by the lack of a car? And based on God's looking carefully at my motives and exposing to me my motives, he will then act. He provides what he wants me to have. Well, you're a pastor, so God's going to do that for you. Wrong. It's not true. God answers the cry of every child of his. And he talks to his children. And he may say, you've put away this sum of money. Now's the time to bring it out. I was told, or you, the Lord may say, I told you to save that money. And now's the time I want you to use it. What do you want me to do? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? What price should the new car be? And he works all of that out in my life. You understand, 
I'm not talking about living in this world by the standards of this world and the methods of this world and the self-concern of this world. I'm talking about something entirely different. I'm talking about being cut off from this life. And now the life I live, I live in Jesus Christ. Whether it's for clothing, whether it's for food, whether it's for shelter, whether it's a a car to drive, whether it's a broken leg that needs to be healed, I deal with them all the same way. I come to Jesus, I lay it before him, and I ask him to give me direction. And I wait for that direction, and I don't wiggle until that direction comes. And in this case, the Lord very honestly said to me, Do you want revival power, or do you want me to heal you? Oh, there's no question there. I want the revival power for the lost and the dying. And then if he throws in the healing, that would be wonderful. If he doesn't, that's all right too. I'm going to trust him. You want a wife? You want a wife? A listener from Raymond, Washington, every month writing me a letter thanking me for the broadcast. Every month sending financial support for the broadcast. Her heart was for Jesus and the work of the gospel. And suddenly, unexpectedly, after being a widow for 28 years, God pours into her heart such abounding love for me, whom she has never met, only having listened on the internet, On YouTube, God pours love into her heart for me. She contacts me and says, God has put his love in me for you. Has God said anything about me? I love you. I said, no, no, no. Don't jump the, did I say it? Don't jump the gun. But I will pray about you. So, afterward, I said, Lord, I don't know who this woman is. I don't know how to handle this. This is beyond me. I can't do anything without your very sound word. What do you want me to do? And instantly the Holy Spirit spoke. It was not a time where he waited. Instantly the Holy Spirit spoke. And he said to me, Go get your bride. Go get your bride. I said, Thank you, Lord. Hung up. I made arrangements with an airline. I bought my ticket. I called Twyla. And I said to her, the Lord has said to me to go get your bride. Can you arrange a wedding at your church for next week? 
Absolutely. I met Twyla, and we were married. Within the two-week period, I was out there in Washington State. And I said to her, we can only take of your things what we can fit in the car. And then we're going to drive straight through. That's what we did. It felt so strange to get in a car with someone I didn't know that I was married to, but it was all Jesus. She has been the most wonderful wife a man could ever imagine or desire, full of the presence of the Holy Spirit, praying together, singing songs of praise together, worshiping together. So there it is. I know I trust what Jesus does. Whether it's a wife, a ministry, a revival. Virtually an arranged marriage by the Holy Spirit. I tried arranging my marriage, and in two years it almost killed me with the betrayal, the wickedness. The gold digger. It almost killed me physically. The Lord said, give whatever is asked. Don't say one angry word. Walk like I walk. Well, we're almost out of time for today's broadcast. I hope this has been meaningful to you. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And I also am asking pray for revival. Pray for the Holy Spirit to be poured out in great power. And don't feel sorry that my leg is broken. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm not a victim. I just got a good beating from God. And it's made my heart even sweeter toward Jesus. And I trust what he's doing in my life. Yes, you're welcome to pray for my healing. Only after you've spent real time praying for revival. And if you've not yet had your life cut off from this world, the world, the flesh, and the devil, then please do that first. I want to thank each of you sweet, sweet people who have given so sacrificially for the work of the gospel. I love you for that. Thank you. I pray now your day will be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are in 
a very painful, difficult place. Some of you are without financial resources. Some of you need a car. Some of you need a spouse. Praise the Lord direction. But whatever you do, don't be mad with God. Don't be angry. Don't be outing. Praise Jesus. From whom all blessings flow. Praise Jesus. Well, you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Thank you for listening today. I'd like to hear from you. My wife went to the post office this morning. A friend took her. And there was nothing there. After a week, nothing there. So please pray and do as the Holy Spirit tells you. Respond to him as he calls you. God bless you, my brother, my sister. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. You can find the information about us on the Internet. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. And I love you.